Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Well, hey, welcome to Liverpool One Church. Go ahead and grab a seat. Make yourself feel comfortable, man. You guys are sounding good today. It is go- so, so good to see you here today. You know, like, like at Liverpool One Church, we just want to extend a really big, warm welcome. Perhaps you're here for the first time. Maybe you're like, what the heck is going on? Or maybe you're tuning in online. Hey, we just want to say a big, warm welcome to you guys. It's so great that you're here. And you know, if you don't know me, I'm Nathan. I've been coming to this church now for a number of years, and I'm really excited that I get to come and talk with you guys for a few minutes today. And actually, I get to kickstart our brand new series in the life of church called The Same God. The Same God. And I'm excited. In the coming weeks, you're gonna hear from Luke, Emma, Dave. It's gonna be an amazing series in the life of church. But I guess if there was one thing One thing to sort of tee this thing up before we get going. If there was one thing, we just wanna let you guys know is the whole meaning behind this series is to help you understand that the same God way back then is the same God today. We're gonna look at Old Testament characters, legendary characters. We're gonna look at their lives, look at their stories. We're gonna unpack them. We're gonna learn from them and relate it into our world today. And I'm excited about this. This is gonna be great. God is gonna speak to us in new ways. But God is the same God yesterday, today and forever. But you know, before I get into this message today, I think there's one thing that we should do and that's pray. Because the last thing that you need today is another word from a guy that honestly doesn't know very much. The last thing you need today is just another talk. If there's anything that we all need today is we need to hear from our Creator, from our Maker, from God. And I'm believing that He's gonna speak today. So hey, wherever you're at, just bow your head with me. Hey, Heavenly Father, thank You, God, that we can come here freely. Thank You, God, that we can meet, that we can learn about You. And I just pray, God, that as I speak, that You would just use me as a vessel today, that You would just say what You wanna say, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would open our hearts to receive what you have us for today. And I just pray, God, that you would just help me get out of the way so you can have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. I'm excited to get into this today. And you know what? If you don't know me, you don't know my story, I actually grew up in a rural farm in Ireland, okay? I was an only child. I was by myself. I know, it sucks, but I find ways to entertain myself on the farm. And one of the best ways that I used to entertain myself was I used to just go and do all the farm chores with my dad. It was like free labor, right? My dad was really keen to train me up in the farm. But you have to understand with our farm, okay, it was an old farm. It was a traditional farm. We didn't have all the mod cons, the modern machinery, the fancy shiny tractors. Our farm was old school. It was like back-breaking. You had to really, really, really get your sweat on, do some proper manual labor, okay? And on that farm, we used to have these really old tractors, these like beat-up, rusty old tractors, and often 
There was like countless mechanical issues with these tractors. In fact, I've got a picture of me on a tractor. It's gonna come up on the screen. Here I am. Oh, everyone says, oh. I don't know why, but I'm kind of blonde in that picture. And that's probably, I would say I'm probably around eight, maybe nine years old, roughly. Um, but this right here is, is me on the tractor, my dad's tractor. If you're wondering what kind of tractor it is, it's a Massey Ferguson. Does anyone know what a Massey Ferguson? No, no one. Some people. Okay, that's good. This is a 135, okay? And on our farm, we had three different tractors. We had a 165, a 135, and a Massey Ferguson 35X, which if you know much about tractors, that right there is a vintage tractor. Today, if you were gonna renovate that tractor, it would be worth a lot of money. Anyway, me and dad did chores on the tractor, and as a young boy, you wanna please your father, right? You wanna look up to your dad. He's like your hero, so we're out on the tractor. I'm on his lap. He's like letting me do that. Sometimes if we're in an open field, he'd let me steer the tractor, which was like really cool at that age. And you think you're like all like need for speed until you realize it's like 10 mile an hour on a tractor. But anyway, he let me steer the tractor. And at the end of the day, after all the chores, what we do, we do my favorite chore. And that was to go and pick up a bale of hay, bring it back and feed all the cows. I don't know why, but there was some strange satisfaction in seeing these hungry cows fed. And that's what we used to do. And anyway, one summer night, my dad was rushing around a bit, bit quicker than usual. And he was trying to get everything done. And he said to me, Nathan, I'm going to have to leave feeding the cows till later on when I come back. I've got to go. So off he went. And I'm at home by myself, having, having the tea. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just hear this, meh, these cows are moving. It's more like a bar, but you know, <laughs> close enough. But these cows, they were hungry. I heard them in the distance. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this is up to me. Maybe this is my chance right now to prove to my dad that I can be a farmer. But what you have to know with these old tractors, sometimes when dad would put the key in the ignition and turn it over, he got absolutely nothing. Wouldn't start. Okay, but dad always had a plan B. He used to park it on a really steep hill, okay? A really steep hill. And when he would come to use the tractor the following day, he'd jump up on that thing. He'd tell me to go stand in the field at the safe distance. He'd let the handbrake off. Wheels would start moving. He'd get halfway down the hill. He'd put the clutch down, put it in gear, lift the clutch, and then voila, like magic, the tractor would start a big puff of smoke. And I was like, wow. That is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's really cool. And on this day, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is my moment. This is my moment to feed these cows, right? I mean, dad has, hasn't thought this through. These old tractors, they don't have working lights. He's gonna be back when it's dark. It's just not gonna happen. And Daisy, my favorite car I can hear in the distance. And I'm going, it's up to me. So what do I do? I go into my dad's closet. I put on his big jacket, his welly, six sizes too big. And I'm stumbling my way through the fields to get to the top of this hill. And I arrive at the top of the hill. And the first thing I notice is, <clears throat> this tractor's not in its normal spot, which is kind of weird, but whatever, it's fine. I pulled out my notepad because I'd taken lots of detailed notes on how to do a hill start. And I read through them all at around 11 years old, okay? And I psyched myself up. I got on the tractor. All right, here we go. Step number one, let the handbrake off. Man, here we go. Wheels are moving. Momentum is happening. The adrenaline is really starting to kick in. I'm excited. Step number two, jump on the clutch. And the reason why you had to jump on the clutch was because my physical body weight was just about enough to get that clutch down. Those old machinery, really heavy clutches. So there I am, jumped on the clutch. I went down. Brilliant. 
Step three, get it in gear. Now, these old tractors, they're really difficult sometimes to get in gear. And there I am, and it's grinding the gear stick. I can't get it in gear, but Dad always said, if you can't find it, grind it, right? So there I am, and at this point, I'm really struggling to get it in gear. And I've got a choice to make. Do I bail? Do I jump off and just, just forget the whole thing? Or do I give it one more go? And I said to myself, and we have a saying in this church, how hard can it be, right? How hard can it be? So there I am, I get it in gear. Amazing, I jump off the clutch, big puff of smoke, the tractor has started, I'm like, woohoo, this is amazing, I'm gonna feed these cars. But the one thing, the one thing I actually knew how to do, steer the tractor, completely forgot to steer the tractor, right? Me jumping around and changing gear and everything else. By this point, the tractor had veered off its course. Now it's heading towards a hedge. Split second reaction, I had to jump, I had to bail. I jumped off that tractor, landed on the soft grass. I looked back to see my dad's prized possession, his Massey Ferguson 35X, which by the way, his dad bought. So he would have had all the sentimental value in this tractor. Like me, he would have remembered riding with his dad on this tractor. And in the distance, it just crashes through the hedge. Big puff of smoke, but then the worst sound was this massive splash. Dad's 35X, his Massey Ferguson, was upside down in a river. No going back. But it's a funny story, right? I overestimated my capability. I lied about who I really was. And I was trying to prove myself and look at the damage that I caused in the process. I was simply trying to be someone I wasn't. And, and I think in life, we often go through a journey of discovery to find out who we really are. And today's focus is all based on this idea, this concept of mistaken identity. You are not who you think you are. You see, my worry and my concern, especially for these emerging generations, is we don't know who we are. And it seems harder than ever to have a real, a real clear and a focused identity in a world that has just so many voices. And we're held captive to these trends in society. And because of all of this, our identity is diluted. And today, I want us walking out of here different to how we walked in. I want us walking out of here today with a defined identity. And if you're taking notes, the title for this message is simply called Mistaken Identity. Mistaken Identity. And the question that I wanna to ask today is really simple, and it's simply this. How do we figure out who we really are? How do we figure out who we really are? In other words, how do we discover our identity? And I think if we're honest, we'll all ask this question at different times and different seasons of our life. And, and in life, we often go through these different seasons when our identity isn't clear. It's blurry at best. We begin to place our identity in things, things like relationships. You've got that new guy or that new girl. Things are going amazing. Your whole world revolves around them and you've put your hope and your identity in that. Or maybe you've placed your identity in status. You know, you've went for that new job, you've got the promotion, and all of a sudden, like, you think you're like the bee's knees, you think that you've got the status, you've got the approval, or maybe it's on social media, you've got like that milestone mark of X amount of followers, and you feel like you're an influencer. You place your identity 
in status. Or maybe, maybe you place your identity in money. You know, you got the bigger house, the faster, more shiny car. Or maybe you place it in materialistic things and you put your whole identity, everything of who you are goes into these things. And we place our identity in someone or something. And the problem that we find here is that all of these things, they're just not consistent. I mean, just think about it for a second, right? Think about it in your life when you've had a relationship that's broken down, that it hasn't worked out. Maybe they left you, maybe you left them, maybe it was abusive, I don't know. But your relationship has broken down and now you feel like there's a giant hole in your life because that person's gone, that person's not there. It's not the same, it's because you've placed your identity in a relationship. Or maybe you've tried really hard to get that status like we talked about before, you know? You've, you've got the job, and for whatever reason, now you're redundant, and you're really struggling to, to figure out who you are. You were once this amazing person who had this amazing job, and now for whatever reason, you no longer have that, and now you're full of regret. <laughs> or maybe you've had a financial issue, right? And all the money and all these materialistic things are now no longer there. And you look back at yourself and you think, wow, I'm a shadow of who I used to be. And you're just discontent. And then in all these things, what happens is we begin to struggle, if we're honest. We begin to struggle. And the reason for the struggle we encounter is all these things require us to pursue them. Right? And unfortunately, in the process of pursuing them, we are striving. And we put all this unnecessary pressure on ourselves to be accepted enough, to be loved enough, successful enough, good enough, rich enough, strong enough. But the problem with enough is, is enough really ever enough? And let me try and show all of you this in a really visual way. So here I've got a preach prop. Don't worry, I've got a much safer preach prop this time around. But I just wanna share with you this, this prop because really this bottle right here, it represents our identity. This is like the perfect design for our, ident our identity. And with this bottle, you'll notice that it's full and the liquid inside represents our identity. And when we have a secure identity, when we know who we are, when we're confident in that, when these different circumstantial and, and different seasonal things come, when the storms of life, in other words, come along and press into our identity, which is our character, it puts all this pressure on us, right? And if you've got a secure identity, guess what? You can't be crushed. No matter how hard it's pressed on, you can't be crushed. But the world and the voices in it they have a way, a way of just beating us up. They have a way of really tearing into our identity. And if we're not careful, often it can stab into our identity, creating holes in our identity that cause our identity to leak out. And you start to begin things like, you start to believe things like, you're rejected, you're unloved, you're a failure, you're weak. And what's even more concerning is sometimes we're the ones taking shots at ourselves because we've given room and we've given way for the thoughts of the world to get into our own head. And you see, sometimes our mind repeats everything the world says. Then our actual identity, when it's got all of these holes, when it's got all of these flaws, 
our whole identity actually leaks from us. Just like this, and now the very essence of who we are is gone. Our identity is completely empty. We've got nothing left to sustain us, to give us shape, to give us strength. And now what can happen when our identity is completely empty is we can be completely crushed. Completely crushed. The problem now is like, what do we do with that? Our identity's gone. And it's difficult. And we begin to question everything. And it becomes really, really hard. How do we figure out who we really are now? The truth is though, and the good news is, that you're not who you think you are. You have a mistaken identity. And in a moment, we're gonna go to a story in the Bible. A story of a guy called Jacob. Jacob had a mistaken identity. And actually, he was the father of the nation of Israel. And I think that through his story, we can answer this question today that will help restore our, our identity into how we all want it to be, how it was originally created to be. And I think we can answer this question, how do we figure out who we really are? And listen, I want us to lean in today and listen, right? Even if this is all new for you today, maybe you've never been to a church like this before and you're not quite sure what you've walked into. Let me just say this, right? In this message, we're gonna to go to the Bible in a second. We're gonna look at the story of Jacob, but you've got my permission to take what you want from this message and leave the rest because there are practical points that you can apply to your life from principles in the Bible to make your life better, make your life easier, all right? But today, you just need to know, hey, you're our VIP guest. We're so glad that you're here, and I'm really excited to look at this today. But before I jump into the story of Jacob, it's really important that I set the scene. It's really important that I give you the full context of Jacob's life, because I'm going to arrive at a place that I want to look at today and study. And I promise I will get somewhere, but it's just really important that I like rapid fire through his whole life to give you the full picture of Jacob's story. And you can go and read the full version for yourself. It's found in Genesis 25, right through to chapter 35. Okay, it's a long story. So I'm gonna rapid fire through this right now. So stay with me. I promise I will get somewhere. Okay, so here are the highlights. So Jacob's father was Isaac and his mother was Rebekah. Rebekah couldn't conceive, so Isaac prayed to God. And long behold, God answered the prayer and they had twins. Now these twins, the Bible said, wrestled in the womb. And when it came time for, when it came time for them to be born, Esau was born first. He was the eldest Okay, and then Jacob was born seconds after, but it was really strange. The Bible recalls that Jacob was literally grasping his brother's heel. I mean, could you imagine that in the birth? I mean, that's just crazy. But anyway, he was grasping his brother's heel, and because of that, he was called Jacob, which the actual meaning behind the name means deceiver, means heel grabber, it means liar, or it means trickster. And his father Isaac, well... <laughs> He learned to love Esau more, his older brother. Why? Because Esau was an outdoor guy. He would go and hunt and he would literally bring home the bacon. And because of this, Jacob became really jealous of his brother. <clears throat> so he began to scheme. He began to think up of something that he could do and he waited for the perfect moment. Esau was out hunting. He came back and he put before his brother a bowl of stew. His brother was starving and he was like, oh, can I have your birthright for this bowl of stew? And somehow, some way, he managed to make this deal with his older brother, and his brother said yes, and Jacob stole his brother's 
birthright, which by the way, would have been the inheritance, would have been the bigger portion of land or money at the end when his father would pass on. Now he's lost that. Esau is crazy, but this wasn't enough for Jacob. He then proceeded to steal his brother's blessing too. And the bigger blessing was always reserved for the older brother. He actually lied and tricked his own father right? He put on Esau's clothes. He stuck on some fake hair. His father was old. He was on his deathbed. He was blind. And he went in to receive the blessing. And then when he got the blessing from his father, he had to run for his life because Esau, he wanted to kill him. First, you steal my birthright. Then you steal my blessing. I'm coming after you. I'm going to kill you. But what goes around comes around. Laban tricked Jacob and he he was forced to go to to a different land. And what's really important in this story, when when Jacob fled away from from Esau, his brother, he had to go to his uncle Laban's land, right? He had to flee for his life. He had to go to his distant land, his, his uncle Laban's land. And he got there, and there he met the love of his life, Rachel. And he had to work seven years to get Rachel. That was part of the deal. And he got to the end of that seven years, but guess what? What goes around comes around. Laban, his uncle, tricked Jacob. He had to marry Leah. He was gutted. And then he had to work another seven years to get his dream wife, Rachel. And then some time passed. He had 11 sons through his wives. He started to build up some wealth. And he was starting to really get some status. He was really starting to become someone. And then what happens is Laban, his uncle, gets really jealous. He steals all of Jacob's sheep his male sheep and his flock, and he wipes out his whole flock. Then Jacob does the exact same thing back. It becomes toxic, it becomes hard. Jacob's got no choice but to go back to his father's land. And on his way back, he gets word that Esau is coming to meet him with 400 men, 400 men. I mean, if you were Jacob, you would be freaking out at this point, right? 400 men, and he's there. And he's like, what do I do now? But as always, Jacob began to scheme. He, he started to think up of different ways for him to, to, to deal with this situation. And what's really funny is he sent all of his possessions, his family, everything ahead of him across the river Jabbok. Kind of selfish, really. I wouldn't want to be those relatives going to see Esau, the guy that wants to kill him, right? What's really interesting about this river Jabbok is the name of the river actually means emptying. It means emptying. Jacob was left all alone, no relationships, no status, no materialistic things, no possessions. And this is where I wanna pick the story up today in Genesis 32. And here he has an encounter with God and everything changes. And I love this story, I really do. Because I love this encounter that Jacob has with God Because before this encounter, Jacob, he struggled his whole life to prove himself to other people. He had relationships, he had status, he had money, and he had materialistic things. Seemingly, he had it all, but it wasn't enough. Jacob was striving. He was striving. And throughout his whole life, he was trying to be someone he wasn't meant to be. He was trying to be someone that he was never designed to be. Now we find him with nothing, no family, no status, no possessions, just himself. So we're gonna jump into this story right now. You can follow along with me. This is the part that I wanna focus on today. Genesis 32, verses 24 to 30. And it says this. A man 
came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel. You will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. So let's just get this story straight, okay? Jacob is left all alone. It's just himself. And all of a sudden, a man turns up and they wrestle until dawn breaks. The man knew he couldn't win. So he touched Jacob's hip. It doesn't say he punched his hip, he kicked his hip, or he hit it with a stick. It says that he touched his hip and he wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go. The dawn is breaking. Picture the scene here, right? I'm pretty sure if you just got your your hip popped out of socket, you'd be on the floor at this point, right? If you were Jacob. And now he's holding on to this guy and he's struggling. He's really beginning to struggle. And it's really difficult. Jacob doesn't know what's gonna happen next. And he won't let go of this guy. He won't let go. Why? Because he wants a blessing. He wants a genuine, authentic blessing. He's been after this his entire life. And up until this moment, this just feels different. And what happens next is really quite amusing. So these two guys, right, they're wrestling all night. Jacob needs an ambulance at this point. And now's a good time for introductions. What's your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Now watch what happens next. This is unbelievable. The man looks at Jacob and says, your name will no longer be Jacob. Remember, Jacob's name means deceiver. It means heel grabber. It means liar, trickster. And his whole life, he's lived up to that name meaning. Your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, your name will be called Israel. You will be called Israel because you've wrestled with man and with God and you've won. Jacob must have been like, sorry, I'm I'm on the floor here. My my hip is out of socket. I'm in a position of complete surrender. And now you tell me that I actually just had a wrestling match with God and I've won. This doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, and by the way, I've been given a new name, Israel. But before we go any further, it's really important to establish that and get one thing straight here, that Jacob didn't actually beat God in a fight. And this is clear because his hip is out of socket. He's on the floor. But don't you see though, that even though that Jacob lost the wrestling match, God said he still won. Why? See, the, the reason why was because God, God wanted Jacob to know and understand that when you surrender to him, you'll have the ultimate victory. 2 Corinthians says it like this. God says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And when we understand this church, we can boast about our weakness. Why? Because his power works through us. When I am weak, he is strong. Do you see what's happening here? Jacob won with God. 
God beat Jacob, but Jacob still won. And if you wanna know who God is, look at this encounter. God is relational, why? Because he put on human flesh, he came down to, to earth, he had a wrestling match with Jacob for Jacob to know that even when life gets hard, he'll come through. Even when you steal and you swindle your way through life, he'll have the ultimate victory and the final say. And even when everything else in your world feels like it's fallen down around you right now, and you're holding on to all these different things, he's gonna come through. He always does. And because of all of this, Jacob's identity is now changed forevermore. God gave him a new name, a new identity, which by the way, Israel actually means prince. It actually means victorious. It means that God contends. Now this word contend means to strive. It means to strive. Jacob was striving, but God wanted Jacob to remember who he was in him. He was more than a conqueror. Romans 8 says it like this, for if God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, when you have an encounter with God, you'll be forever changed. He has the power and the ability to give you a new name despite who the world says you are, despite who you think you are. He has the ability and the power to do that. And I believe that today God can give you a new name. I believe that today God can give you a defined identity. Jacob had a mistaken identity. He wrestled with God. He then got a genuine blessing and now he's been given a brand new name, a brand new identity. And today, Liverpool One Church, I believe there's some really valuable lessons that we can learn, but you might miss them at first glance from this story. And I've got three practical points that if we get a hold of these, if we master these, I promise you things will get easier in your life. You'll have more of a defined identity. You'll really know who you are. So to answer the question, how do we figure out who we really are? The first thing that you need to do is simply this. Stop striving. Stop striving. And you know, it's really interesting that this word, strive, actually means to struggle in opposition. It means to contend. In other words, to fight. Now, if you go back to, story, to the story of Jacob, his new name Israel, do you, do you know what that means? it actually means that God contends. In other words, it means God fights. And when you fully grasp what's, what's happening here, when you fully understand what this actually means, it's a game changer, I promise you. This right here has the power and the ability to change everything for you. And if you wanna figure out who you really are, maybe, maybe you should stop just fighting against other people in your world. Maybe you should stop fighting against circumstance, even though it feels like right now, the only thing you can do is fight. Maybe you should stop fighting against who they say you are, the world. Maybe you should stop fighting against yourself in your own head. And out of all these potential oppositions that we face, I think fighting against yourself is by far one of the worst things that we can come up against. It's corruptive from the inside out. It's damaging for your mental health. It's the hardest battle to overcome because we believe what we think. It's a natural default human nature. And what we think in our own heads is often what we end up believing as the truth when in fact it's not. <clears throat> it's often a lie. 
And if you stop striving, if you stop trying to be someone you're not, if you stop fighting against yourself and let God fight for you, guess what? He never loses. He is victorious. He'll always come through. So if you wanna figure out who you are, stop striving. Stop striving. Because the truth is, when you stop striving, that's when He starts. When you stop striving, that's when He starts because that's who He is. He's a good, good Father. His love for you is too good to leave you where you're at right now in whatever situation that you face. Exodus 14, 14 says it like this, the Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. Maybe we should all just relax a bit. Maybe we should all just chill out and stop trying to pursue who we think we need to be. Right? It would be so much easier, wouldn't it, if we did that? And the truth is, the truth is, He wants you to stop so He can start. He wants you to stop so He can start. And if you wanna really figure out who you are, stop striving. The second thing today that you need to do when you're trying to figure out who you are is really simply this, surrender. Surrender. Have you ever had a time in your life where you knew you were just beat? Like maybe you tried something new, you made some progress, and for whatever reason, it became really hard, really fast, and now in a position of complete surrender, but you still refuse to give up. Just like Jacob in the story. He's down, his hip is out of socket, he's in a position of complete surrender, but what did he do? He didn't let go. He didn't let go. He's grasping, just like he's been for his entire life. He's grasping. (laughs) What's amazing though, right, when you think about it, is the very thing that's always worked against Jacob is now finally working for him. The very thing that's always worked against him is now finally working for him. He's been grabbing after these things his whole life and everything up until this point hasn't worked hasn't worked, and finally he finds the very thing that's the answer to everything. You see, church, when you surrender, when you surrender, it's not about giving in, it's about holding on. When you surrender, it's not about giving in, it's about holding on. You need to surrender to Him and never let go. Now that you've stopped striving, now that you've surrendered to God and you're holding on to Him, the third thing that you need to do in order to understand who you are is simply this. Remember who God says you are and who He is. Remember who God says you are and who He is. And when you do this, this is a complete game changer in your life because God says that you're accepted, regardless of anything that you've done. He says you're loved, regardless of whatever relationship has broke down in your life. He says that you are victorious, no matter what's happened, no matter what failure you faced, He says you're victorious. He says you're strong. Not only does He say that, God says you're worthy. 
you're purposed, you're forgiven, you're complete, you're alive, you're free, you're fearless, you're called, you're protected, you're pure, you're chosen, not forsaken, you're light in the darkness, you're a child of His, you're a new creation, and the list goes on and on and on. And Liverpool One Church today, all you have to do is remember who He says you are. You are who He says you are. God says we were made in His very image. In other words, you're a reflection of Him, which leads to the second part of this. Remember who He is. Remember who He is. Remember who He is. When you know who God is, then you really know who you are. When you know who God is, then you really know who you are. And our hope for you throughout this series is that you would come to understand that the same God way back then working in Jacob's life is the same God today working in each of our lives, right? He's the same God throughout the generations. He's the rock of ages. He is the one that can change and transform everything for you. And Jacob's story proves this in a really powerful way that he is the God of the generations, that he is the same God. And as I was reading this story in preparation for this message, I uncovered something, something that I feel really just jumped off the page, something that I'd never seen before. And I wanna leave you with it. Many years pass, Jacob is dead, and the Israelites that come through his family, they're enslaved in Egypt. And God appears to a man named Moses, Exodus chapter three at the burning bush. And Moses asked God the same question that Jacob asked God. He says, we can follow along in the scripture right now. He said, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites, that I am has sent me to you. Now, now this is the revelation. This is the thought that I wanna leave you with today because the next thing that God says to Moses is this, say to the Israelites, when they wanna know who I am and what kind of God I am, tell them the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I'm thinking He's gonna say the God of Israel. I'm thinking He's gonna say the God of Israel. Why? Because that's Jacob's good side. That's the new Jacob, right? If you were God and you wanted to make yourself known, wouldn't you call yourself the God of Israel? Wouldn't you wanna be the God of the good side? Wouldn't you wanna be the God of the guy that was changed in the wrestling match? But He says to Moses, and He says to you today, if you wanna know who I am, you need to understand that I'm the God of Jacob too. I'm the God of Jacob too. I'm the God of that part of you that you don't want anyone to see. I'm the God, not just of your success, I'm the God of your failures. I'm the God of your struggle. I'm the God of Jacob too. You see, I'm not just the God of your defeats. I'm the God of your victories. And Jacob right here is experiencing this for the very first time. And he's beginning to understand that yes, God can speak a new name over me. And I think the reason why He gave Jacob that name, Israel, was to give Jacob hope, was to give Jacob that sense of a transformed identity, to give Jacob that confidence. But why did He remember him as Jacob? He remembered him as Jacob for all the other generations to come. 
that would look at his story, that would begin to understand that actually without God, hey, it's game over. But with God, He is victorious. You can do all things through God who strengthens you. And in closing today, in closing today, I believe if you stop striving, if you surrender and don't let go of Him, if you remember who God says you are and who He is, your real identity will be revealed. You'll have a revelation just like Jacob. So how do we figure out who we are? It's three simple steps. And if there was one thing today I'd want you to remember, it would be simply this. Stop, surrender, remember. If you wanna have a defined, a complete, a whole identity, just stop, surrender, and remember. When you do these three simple steps, it's an absolute game changer because today, church, I believe that these chains of captivity around your identity will fall off. I believe you'll experience freedom. I believe you'll see breakthrough in your, in your life. I believe that you'll see the promise come to pass and all you have to do is stop striving. Stop striving, surrender, hold on to Him and remember who He says you are and who He is. Well, my time is gone. Please stand with me right now before we sing again. And I'd love to pray for us all today around this topic of identity. Because the truth is, it's hard. Sometimes we face these things, sometimes we forget. And I really hope that those points have been helpful today for you. But right now, just every head bowed in this place. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, for your word that it teaches us and gives us clarity in moments in our life when perhaps everything else is falling down around us, that we can hold on to what it says in your word. And I thank you, God, for the hope that Jacob's story brings. I thank you, God, that you can give each of us a new name today to give us confidence, God, to help us do and be all that you've created us to do and be. And I just pray right now, God, that every single person in this room or watching online that struggle with their identity, that struggle to believe that they are worth something, that struggle to believe that they're worthy, that struggle to believe that they're chosen, that they're called, that struggle to believe that they're loved. I pray, God, you'd meet them where they're at right now. And I pray, God, that you would just break off those chains of captivity that hold them down. And I pray, God, that they would go away today knowing that you have a defined, an authentic, a real identity that will sustain them through the rest of their lives. In Jesus' Name, Amen. And you know, we never wanna let a service or an opportunity go by without giving you the opportunity to respond. And maybe you've never decided to put your trust, to put your faith in Jesus. And I wanna give you that opportunity right now and I'm just gonna pray a really simple prayer that you can just repeat in your heart after me. Nothing else really needs to happen. You just need to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He died on a cross for you, that you might have eternal relationship with the Father because you acknowledge the things that you've done wrong. You acknowledge that actually you're a bit of a screw up. Actually, you don't get things right all the time when you acknowledge that you need a perfect Savior to cover that. So right now, wherever you're at, just bow your heads. We're gonna say this prayer if you wanna know Jesus today. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, that he would die on a cross for my sins, for my mistakes, and that three days later, he rose again. 
that would represent the eternal life that I will have with you, God. I pray right now that you would help me to have a defined identity, that you would help me to be different today, walking out of fear than what I walked in. I pray, God, right now, and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Saviour, to be with me, to surround me, to cover me for the rest of my life. And I commit my life to you, God. I commit my identity to you. You are who you say I am. And I pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's sing. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.